Uh, I do want to let you know we will be having a readers that will be reading. And before she reads, I'm going to introduce the word. And then we're going to pray a prayer for illumination. I do want to thank all of the people who have agreed to read so that you can focus on God's word and not my dialect when it is read. So let us introduce you. Today is the last sermon in our series titled, Having Words with Jesus. A title that proclaims a practice we need to live out as disciples of Jesus. We need to listen to his words, and we need to interpret his way of living through the lenses of love. Then, we need to follow Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, open our minds and hearts to your grace. Transform us into the person you made us to be. And let us live as the church you are calling us to be. Amen. Can you hear me? This reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in the fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. During my seminary years, I had to drive to Houston at the beginning and the end of each semester to attend what they called face-to-face classes. So this meant that I had to go live in Houston for a week at the beginning and a week at the end of each semester. And one thing that I noticed on my first trip to Houston was the amount of homeless people in the area by the uh, Methodist Children's Hospital and the other uh, hospitals that they have in downtown Houston. 
I saw people holding signs for food. There was this one lady that had set up camp with a tarp and everything on a main road right on the side of the middle of the road. So the only way you could get to her or give her something was to park way down the road and walk to her. Or if no traffic was coming, because I'm from South Louisiana, I'd stop in the middle of the road and you can give her something. One time, Mike came with me. Uh, He went to visit his brother, and we were at a red light. And we were in a group of cars, caravan, and we were parked there. And I looked to the side, and there's this young man standing there. So I immediately start looking for my blessing bags that I carry because I can't stand to see them there to give them water, soap, anything they need. So I start looking, and I'm like, oh, my blessing bag's in the trunk. I don't have it, and I'm not getting out of my car right here to get it. But Mike and I had just stopped to get us each a drink because it was hot. So Mike immediately rolled down his window, and we gave the drink to this young man. And I'll never forget what he told us that day. The words have resonated with me till today. And I'm pretty sure I'll remember them in years to come. You see, he looked us straight in the face. And with tears in his eyes, he said, thank you. Thank you for looking at me and seeing me. Thank you for noticing me here and acknowledging that I am a human being standing right here on the side of the road. He said, thank you. He had tears in his eyes. He told us he had been standing there for quite some time. And all the cars that had come and stopped purposely turned their head the other way. And we were the first people to not only see him, but to take action. I felt bad that I had to give him a drink that I had already taken a sip out of, but that's all we had in the vehicle at that time. And I admit that as we drove off, I cried. I started crying. You see, he told us that he was homeless, living there. And I knew that our one simple act of just looking at him and giving him and acknowledging his thirst and giving him a drink was showing him that he was worthy. Worthy of being a child of Jesus Christ. You see, today's passage speaks about being a blessing. And through the words of Jesus, we hear a story about two characters. It begins with a rich man. He's clothed in the finest cloth. He lives a life feasting scrumptiously each day. Descriptive words that if you listen speak of overindulgence and excessive amounts of food. A rich man by the society standards. You see, it says he wears a purple cloth. Purple was considered at that time and was the most expensive material you could buy. But he was a man with no name, living only for 
himself. Then Jesus introduces us to a poor man, a man given a name, Lazarus. Lazarus means God has helped. He is outside the gate of the rich man's house, and he's full of sores. And he's so hungry that he would eat the crumbs off of the rich man's floor. When Jesus speaks about dogs licking the wounds off of Lazarus' legs and body, he is speaking to the cultural mindset of the people. You see, when we think of dogs licking us, we think of what we feel about dogs. I love my dog. I love my pet. And when I think about sores, I think about that modern medicine that we have that heals our sores and the Band-Aids. But at this time in history, the people found dogs and sores to be unclean. And so they were repulsive according to the Leviticus laws, and they would have been revolted by the description Jesus was giving them. These two descriptions speak about Jesus' view of blessings, a lesson that most of us struggle to see. One component of a blessing is seeing someone as Jesus views them. God blesses the world by seeing it. And the young man in Houston spoke a truth that many of us have trouble accepting. People are often unseen, even as they are being seen. Often we bring our political, cultural, and self-centered views into our vision of what we see, creating judgments instead of loving. To see someone or to be seen by someone else in a positive light is a blessing. We are blessed by being seen, and we bless others when we see them. Jesus tells his listeners that the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. He is now in a place of rest without suffering. And the rich man. As disciples of Jesus, we need to pay attention to Jesus' words. You see, the rich man died and was buried, as was the custom of the people. And the rich man is now in hell, being tormented. And he sees Lazarus in heaven. And what does the rich man do? He calls out to Father Abraham to have mercy on him. He knows that the poor man's name is Lazarus. Hmm. This tells uh, the listeners that the rich man saw but chose to ignore Lazarus' needs. The rich man knew his name, even though he chose to ignore him and show no mercy 
Yet even in the time when he would be placed in hell, he is choosing, he is choosing to still view the world through his own political, social, and self-centered lenses. He still views Lazarus as beneath him. The rich man sees Lazarus as someone who should come and serve him. Someone to leave his place of rest to bring him relief with water. And what does Father Abraham tell the rich man? Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. Words that speak about being a blessing. Words about being a costly disciple. Words Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 through 40. You've heard these words before. They read, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Another component of being a blessing is giving away some of your own life so that someone else can have more life. So often, we become confused by Jesus' words. He is not saying that being rich is a sin. It's not. He is speaking about stewardship. Some people speak about dying to self. These are words speaking about being a blessing for others. Giving away some of your own life so that another might be more resourced on their own journey. This is a problem in our world. Because our visions are clouded with our political, cultural, and self-centered views. Views that make it hard for us to see the meaning of Jesus's words. We live in a world with a great gulf fixed between costly 
and cheap discipleship. And it's all found in our mindsets. A divide created by choice when we determine the justice of God through an ungraced human heart. A heart driven by self. Luke 16, 13 from last week speaks about these words today. No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, or you cannot serve God and self. A great gulf that is found fixed between the final man's destination today and Lazarus's area of rest. And what does the rich man do when he realizes that he is where he is because of his own choices? He begs Father Abraham to send Lazarus to his father's house to warn his five brothers to change their ways. And Father Abraham speaks a truth that we all need to hear. Words that come also and can be found in Hebrews 4.12. Indeed, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it drives soul from spirit, joints from marrow, and it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We have a choice. We can open ourselves to the gift of grace, grace that opens our hearts and minds to hear the words Jesus speaks as he means for us to understand them, or we can close our minds and our hearts to God's grace. We can be people who see what we want to see, hear what we want to hear, people who will not listen, people who will not be convinced even if someone should rise from the dead. Faith full of self is wrong. Faith, life, empty of self, is to be Christ-like. Living in total submission to God to be a blessing for others. We cannot give ourselves the blessings we need, but we can bless others. And in our blessing others, we can find our freedom to grow in costly discipleship to be Christ-like. A discipleship full of love for God and our neighbors. This is all possible only, only because God loves us first. It is in this truth that we find our trust in God. And it is in and through his love that we become blessings for others. It's kind of like a top-down thing to be shared, you know, God to us, teacher to students, 
pastor to children, a rich man to a poor man, and something as simple as a parent to a child. I want to share the words of John Wesley, which was written by Ted Campbell in a book called A Wesley Reader. John Wesley said, But it is sure there is a peculiar love which we owe to those that love God. And again, beloved, let us love one another for love of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Amen. Let us pray. I'm going to offer up a prayer using the words of John Wesley. As we have one Lord, one faith, one hope of our calling, let us all strengthen each other's hands in God and with one heart and one mouth declare to all mankind the Lord our righteousness. Amen.